Hello everybody and welcome to the Kane and Rince podcast, volume 6, issue 299, Call of Duty, the first one. You can play along with the show, well, at least you can, what's left of this year's volume, and that is just one podcast, and the final podcast of this volume, this 27 run of fi- uh, 2017 run of 50 shows will be The Witcher 3, Hearts of Stone, and Blood and Wine. That's it. Uh, head to canerince.com for the occasional article feature review, as well as links to our social spaces, forum, Facebook, YouTube channel, and soon a new schedule for the 50 podcasts we'll have planned for 2018. If you enjoy what we do, there are a number of ways you can support us. We do have a Patreon, and if you believe that the many hours of podcasts we produce for your listening pleasure are worth something in return, you can help us to keep on doing what we do. Patreon.com slash At the time of recording, the terms and conditions have just changed ever so slightly for Patreon. Uh, so uh, you, if you are already a patron, we love you. Thank you very much. Please don't cancel your donation. Uh, there, will be a now, there will be an admin fee charged. You should have had a communication about that. Um, but... Uh, Uh, We still think uh, everything we do provides extraordinary value for money. Um, So, yeah, all new donators, check those T's and C's closely. And, uh, yeah, we still uh, gratefully receive everything that you send our way. And it really, really helps us to put as much time and effort into each of these shows as we do. Check out also our shop. You can support the podcast by buying T-shirts and bags. Each purchase nets us a couple of quid or thereabouts, a few bucks. Shop.spreadshirt.co.uk slash Rinse, stylish and good quality merch. Uh, you'll also find the Sound of Play logo there, which is our other podcast all about video games music, which comes out every Wednesday, plus the occasional extra. We've had some uh, fantastic uh, composers from the industry on there recently and will continue to do so. Subscribe to that one and review and rate uh, both podcast this one and that one on itunes or whatever it's called now apple podcasts i don't mind stitcher radio uh, everything's back up and running on all the android related and rss feeds and all that sort of thing as far as i know so wherever you get them from uh, you know give us a like a tick a heart a five star review whatever you like to spread the word or just tell your friends and your family in real life if they love video games all that is much appreciated now joining me neil cox in issue 299 Ah, Carl Moon. Hey, guys. Sean O'Brien. Hello, hello. And Tony Atkins. Hello. Hello, everybody. Call of Duty, then. So we are continuing our very, very slow crawl through this lineage. (laughs) Uh, The last time we uh, looked at this series wasn't a Call of Duty game. It was October 2014, so a little over three years ago. I can't believe it's that long. Wow, that's amazing. Uh, is very slow, isn't it? Uh, Medal of Honor Allied Assault, which is the uh, spiritual predecessor to the game we're covering today. Uh, there's actually less of a gap between that game coming out and this game coming out than between the two podcasts. <laughs> so, as we know, uh, 2015 studio that made Medal of Honor Allied Assault, which was already a kind of follow-up or sequel to some of the Medal of Honor games that had come out for PlayStation and these were in association with uh, DreamWorks and obviously DreamWorks had made uh, Saving Private Ryan and um, Band of Brothers and uh, after Medal of Honor Allied Assault uh, almost as soon as it was shipped I think Infinity Ward uh, were formed in 2002 consisting of 21 employees virtually Everybody or most of the main 
team were people who'd come from 2015 and made Medal of Honor Allied Assault. Uh, so Chief Creative Officer Vince Sampella. Uh, the team grew to 27 by May 2003. Uh, the game was developed on the id Tech 3 engine, which was originally developed for Quake 3 Arena, which I guess was uh, already a few years old. Uh, by this time, there's also an uh, additional in-house skeletal animation system called Ares. And uh, Infinity Ward supposedly set out to make a game that placed more of an emphasis on squad-based play uh, with intelligent assistance from teammates during large-scale battles. We'll, we'll talk about how successful that was or what our experience was of that recently and then was. Uh, they also developed some AI pathfinding to aid this. Uh, they called it Conduit um, to help your AI compatriots uh, do things like uh, cover fire and clear obstacles and uh, avoid fences and windows and all that stuff that you know very easily you can uh, you can have your immersion broken by uh, by friendly or enemy soldiers doing ridiculous things uh, so yeah the AI in the game designed to flank and uh, bank grenades and move from one cover to point to the other and all that uh, all that good stuff which was uh, we'd, we'd seen a bit of it I mean Half-Life I remember in 98 particularly the opposing forces some of the troops in that did some sort of uh, relatively nifty things for the time but these were still I guess fairly early days for AI sort of trying to do more than just lining up to be shot uh, Lead animation director Michael Boone explained that actions which would normally been scripted in past games were moved to dynamic AI. So uh, the idea being that it wasn't just exactly the same experience every time you played and things might have uh, played out slightly differently as regards to your uh, the enemies uh, and, and the soldiers alongside you. Uh, the campaign was the primary focus, but, focus, but uh, this was, of course, the start of Call of Duty multiplayer and uh, we'll talk a little bit about that I don't suspect any of us has been able to go back and play it uh, in 2017 when we're recording this show uh, so uh, Activision of course published the game uh, Aspire released it for Mac so uh, staff wise so Ken Turner was the director and uh, continued on with the United Defensive expansion which we'll talk about he came from working on Sin Wages of Sin which uh, also uh, some of the other team had worked on as well um, went on to work on Call of Duty 2 as well Vince Zampella, Zampella was the producer of course also worked on Allied Assault uh, Zed Rika is that the correct, correct pronunciation? Uh, Z-I-E-D or Z-I-E-D Rika uh, since gone on to work on many of the uh, big Call of Duty games up to Call of Duty 4 and Modern Warfare 2 as well but since then uh, did some work on Titanfall but recently has worked on Uncharted 4 and Uncharted The Lost Legacy assume he's gone to Naughty Dog there uh, Steve Fukuda this was spotted by uh, Carl in the, in the credits I think um he was uh, one of the main level designers on this game and he's since worked on, again, COD 4, I think, and Modern Warfare 2 and Titanfall. Yeah. Is that right, Carl? Yep. Yeah. Uh, gone on to be the game director of the Titanfall series. Ah, right. Okay. Good Good stuff. Yes. Uh, and Jason West, who was, of course, the other big name in that uh, painful divorce between uh, Such Activision. Such huge names, isn't it? <laughs> Just yeah, going yeah. down, it was like, my God. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then we come to Michael Schiffer, who sort of wrote the story and script, such as obviously it's based on uh, somewhat on events that happened in World War Two. And he was a, a reasonably well-known Hollywood screenwriter, having written the screenplays for Crimson Tide and The Peacemaker, if you remember that uh, Clooney and Kidman oh, uh, yeah. movie. Yeah. Also Colours, the Sean Penn and Robert Duvall um, gang cop crime film from the late 80s. Um, didn't work on too many games but this was one of them Michael Giacchino returned from Medal of Honor Allied Assault as a composer he's gone on to one or two things uh, in the major world of Hollywood but also interestingly I noticed uh, uh, in the sound department uh, Justin Skomorowski who's probably best known uh, actually for his work as musical director on the sort of um, I don't know how the 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 oddly received uh, Darren Aronofsky film, The Fountain. Uh, he he oh, had a lot. Right. He had, had a lot to do with that one. Well, I think I everyone like everyone likes the score at least, or or most people would say right. they like the score, but the sure. movie itself not so much. Divisive, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, indeed. So this game came out in October two thousand and three, fourteen and years ago, and a little bit uh, arrived on that uh, Mac version a few months later. There was an N-Gage version because it was 2004. I don't suppose it looked uh, or played much the same. Um, remember the N-Gage, everybody? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we, we're format agnostic on this show, but I think <laughs> with, the, with the best will in the world, uh, the N-Gage was uh, a machine that it was hard to justify. Yeah. <laughs> I made one once. The only one. My friend bought did one. Did you? Yeah. Yes. What did you play? Um... Do you know what? I, Tony Hawk? Tony Hawk's probably. <laughs> yeah, I think it probably was Tony Hawk's. Um, I yeah. did I did see uh, Call of Duty running in-store on an N-Gage. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was it, it was rough. It's what you would like expect. Like a GBA sort of mm. version or something, yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, that's there's a whole story about, yeah. you know, about Nokia uh, looking like they were going to take over the world with their mobile devices, and then it didn't happen. <laughs> uh the game has only really come out since. Obviously, there are, you you can get it on Steam. Uh, I'm not sure you can get it on other download services, but uh, is there on Steam? It's actually still it, it holds a certain amount of value because of the name. I guess it's like twelve pounds, which I know is isn't a huge amount of money, fifteen dollars or whatever. But uh, it's more expensive than some games of the era, shall we yeah. say? Uh, I guess it pops up in sales a fair amount. Uh, but the Xbox 360 and PS3 version slightly redubbed Call of Duty Classic came out everywhere in December 2009 and I think it was uh, was it um, some sort of pre-order bonus if you bought Modern Warfare 2 or something like that it, or there was some way of getting, must getting be it something like that because I definitely got it I got the veteran edition of uh, Modern Warfare right. 2 with the night vision goggles and stuff and I believe that <laughs> I got that bundled in as a result of that right yeah okay and it came out separately unlike um, the recent Call of Duty 4 remake which took there was a big old gap between it being a bonus and being a standalone release and then it was released at quite a high price just enough to kill it (laughs) yeah just enough to kill it Uh, this came out pretty much day and date I think give or take uh, December 2009 maybe maybe a couple of weeks after that that pre-order version and it was I can't remember I think it was like 10 again 10 quid 15 dollars something like that but I bought it straight away uh, on the Xbox 360 Uh, IGN rated this version 7.5 saying it wasn't that well adapted to consoles uh, and also there was criticism of the multiplayer because it only supported up to eight players where I assume the original PC version 
edition. I don't know. I haven't got the number, but I assume it was considerably more than that. Uh, but uh, I thought the PC version was eight players. That that well, he might be comparing it to current Call of Duty. Games. Yeah. Okay. All oh, right. That's fair. Okay. Uh, yeah. So what we should remember uh, now, it's also fair to say that we haven't had loads of correspondence about this uh, this particular game, and we were sort of speculating earlier as to why that might be uh, for a game that sold so many units. Uh, maybe it's that the the memories have been sort of diluted by the saturation <laughs> mm. in the genre that has mm. come since, or uh, I don't know. But um, it, we should stress that this game was a pretty big deal when it came out in two thousand and three. Uh, the reviews were pretty much spectacular across the board uh, the metacritic score was 91 from 44 reviews the weakest reviews it got were actually both from uh, english magazines uh, seven out of ten from both edge and games tm but those were you know those are still good reviews uh, the classic version obviously some years later reviewed uh, somewhat lower at 72 so i guess that was partly that time had passed and partly that uh, it wasn't a spectacular port shall we say user ratings which we like to look at now because it gives us an idea of how punters feel about this game albeit as an average which means arguably means nothing of course um, but imdb has it at 8.7 out of 10 from nearly 5000 punters and over on metacritic 8.5 from 727 uh, the Metac- uh, the metacritic average for the classic version is uh, higher than the review scores at 7.7 but lower than the pc version but this <laughs> game did sell 4.5 million copies worldwide overall uh, and that's you know, up to 2013 and i assume that the uh, the steam version and any other downloadable versions will have sold a, at least another handful since then. Uh, game received... That is say, a lot pretty... of copies to sell when you think that this... Especially for maybe a PC Maybe bar game, Call yeah. of Duty 3 may be the lowest selling of the Call of Duty franchise and it still sold 4.5. Could <laughs> well be, yeah. That was a lot of copies for a, uh, for a, a PC-only game. Imagine how many pirate copies there would have been mm. in circulation. Probably yeah. five or... 10 for every one sold so yeah goodness knows how many people actually played this yet nobody seems to remember it or (laughs) nobody has anything interesting to say about it at least (laughs) not quite nobody uh this received a game of the year from the academy of interactive arts and sciences 2004 so that's not too shabby also computer game of the year first person action game of the year uh from the interactive achievement awards also nominated for outstanding innovation in computer gaming uh, which I know would make some people laugh now because it's a World War Two first-person <laughs> shooter, but it's uh, it's probably those elements we were just talking about, plus some of the set pieces. Uh, out, also nominate for a sta- outstanding achievement in uh, music, mainly for Michael Giacchino there, I imagine, and outstanding achievement in sound design. Uh, yeah, so yeah, I, I remember... I was going to say, I, I know on the PC version as well, when you stop, mm. uh, click on the Steam store page, it's, it comes up like 50 Game of the Year awards, you know. So, hmm. yeah, very, very much of that year was that game. It was, uh, yeah. It was, it was a big old deal. Um, yeah. So, who remembers? Did you, did you get it at the time, Sean? I know you've been back to replay it on PlayStation Three, the classic hmm. version. Uh, is that your first experience of it? It is actually. Uh, oh, okay. I'm, I'm actually coming at this backwards in a way. My first Call of Duty was Modern Warfare, the first one. So I've not played 2007. Correct. Yeah, I've, I've never yeah. played um, uh, one, two, or three until now. So. I just, Interesting. Yeah, I just fired up. I, well, I, see, I don't. Even though I've had family members in from you know uh, veterans from that time period, I, yeah. I don't have much of an affinity for 
any world war. Like I don't, I'm not just, I'm just not that interested in it. Um, so, which is weird to say that I have any affinity or interest in a war, but, uh, uh, I don't know. Just something about world war two, um, just doesn't fascinate me enough to it's okay we'll have a new one soon you can get into that one <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah and but, I, I, know, I do know what you're saying um, yeah and yeah but i mean did you like did you watch i know you know some people might might balk at this but did you go see saving private ryan uh, yeah. in 98 yeah i did see well only because of the, the i like spielberg and and sure. and the hype around the film and it and I enjoyed it. I had a good time watching that movie. Um, I didn't watch any of the HBO. I'm not stuff sure you're supposed to have a good time, but well, yeah, no, so <laughs> okay, I, yeah, fair <laughs> enough. No, I, yeah, I know what you're saying, <laughs> but yeah, obviously all this this kind of wave of World War Two uh, mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, um, just and by. I think that the tone is 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 similar. Although I think. Uh, well, we'll come on to that. Yeah, a bit more uh, Michael Bay. <laughs> okay, so yeah, you've been back to a slightly ropey version. Correct. Yeah, uh, I, a slightly ropey eight-year-old version of mm-hmm. a of a fifteen-year-old game. So, right. That I <laughs> okay. Just finished. We have to bear that week. in mind. So it'll be interesting. <laughs> I have no idea what you're going to actually say about it. <laughs> okay, Carl. You, I know uh, you often uh, have had uh, periods where you've been into sort of high-end PC gaming. Was this yeah. one of those for you? Yeah, I recently got a new PC. I'd started university uh, in two thousand and three and kitted out. There goes the student loan. Very expensive <laughs> PC. As, uh, of course, just, you just for one that. For your, your course, anyway. So. Good <laughs> well, justification. Yeah, it was right a design course. It did help. Um, yeah. And I was. My entry into Call of Duty was an odd one because I was a huge fan of Tech 3. That was the uh, the engine that I was primarily building stuff in using Q3 Rad uh, sure, for Quick 3 sure. Arena. Um, so I was following all the updates on anything that was coming out on that engine at the time. And. Uh, Call of Duty, obviously the follow-up to uh, Allied Assault was was going to be a reasonably big deal. And I remember walking around Middlesbrough Town and it's such a strangely strong memory being in HMV and just seeing racks and racks of this game on the PC around near mm. the entrance, uh, almost no one touching it and sort of walking in and out a few times and thinking, should I buy it? You know, will I kind of thing? And and eventually I just grabbed one off the shelf and I thought, well, you know, what the heck? I've, I've sort of been following it and I'd, I'd bought a brand new um, high-end sound card at the time as well. Just a crazy expensive purchase for a sound card and a, a surround sound. And, and with all the, the talk that I'd heard about the, the sound design and being able to hear the bullets whizzing around you, I just thought that that was a bit too exciting for me and I, I had to have it. Um, yeah. So, yeah, bought it primarily because of the engine and the sound design more than anything. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, it was, I don't know if, it, I believe it was day one, um, being being in town, being around university and walking in, and I think it would have been a Friday um, so yeah. yeah, it would have been a, a dear day one or near as damn it day one purchase. Yeah, uh, been back to it at all in any form? <laughs> yeah, I played it on and off for many years after release on the PC, uh, in- including the uh, the add-on that was released okay, and cool. the classic uh, release on the Xbox 360, which I found a lot less fun going back and forth mm. to. And the last time I played it was j- just a couple of years back uh, again on the PC. Right. Uh, Tony, I think you've played this on PC for this show. Is that right? Uh, no, I played it back in the day. So I played it. Oh, okay. I mean, I, I have played it for this show but um, and on the PC. But no, I, you know, I, I played it back in. Well, this is where it gets a little bit harder for me because I played it back in around two, late 2004. Um, mm-hmm. 
and I because I built a PC for Half-Life 2 and World of Warcraft so that was my primary goal was to to play those two games um which I did and obviously absolutely loved um so I kind of went back and and played some of the so that was my first ever proper kind of gaming PC so then I went back and started clearing up the games that you know I, I knew were very very well uh, regarded on the PC and I just hadn't hadn't had access before um and yeah, so I don't know if that's probably the right way of going around because obviously, you know, there's some games that came out after Call of Duty um, original that are very, very good. <laughs> so to go backwards, but yeah, to to me, I'm around that time of the of its initial release. I was playing things like Rainbow Six um, uh, on the consoles and and being you know quite jealous. I think of seeing what Call of Duty was was doing, um, seeing all those Game of Year rewards, you know, the hype, the, the business, you know, the talk around, you know, this massive game, um, but not having access to it. And it seems so weird because now I have everything, can have access to anything, can anything that comes out I can I can get to. But back yeah. then, you know, that was, mm. it was, well, no, it's on the, you know, I didn't have, just didn't have a PC, couldn't afford one. Um, unlike the consoles, it, it was out of my, my scope. So, yeah, so I did, but I did eventually get it uh, and went back and, and, and played it around that time. Um, and yeah, so fired up Steam and, and played the Steam version for this show uh, that many years later. So yeah, okay. nice and refreshed on on how it stands up today. Um, Good stuff. Yeah, never Maxed played out. <laughs> yeah, there's like there's some settings of insane. It's like, well, <laughs> my my yeah. PC fan isn't even activating. But okay, no right. <laughs> um, but um, no, I I haven't played the, the Call of Duty Classic on the console. I've always been slightly mm-hmm. interested and and did some research upon playing it for the the show. Mm-hmm. Um, now and yeah, it it it's quite striking actually. Some of the uh, the downgrade that. Yeah. that version received and and obviously playing it with mouse and keyboard you know high position etc versus um controller and i you know i love shooting games on controllers so that's not a dock at that but i think that game was probably primarily designed around it, yeah mouse and keyboard was, yeah. so I, I think yeah. that you know we'll talk about the impact that maybe that had in in gameplay terms yeah, so I played both as well. Uh, in fact, yeah, I played, uh, I, I think I day one Call of Duty as well, which wasn't something I always did with big PC games. It sort of speaks to uh, kind of how big the hype was for this game in the sense, it, you know, it felt a bit like a, you know, it was a, a bit of an event game, even though this was merely Call of Duty 1. We were a long way off. I mean, 2, the hype got bigger uh, and really that, you know, that, sort of grew over the next few years um but yeah i do remember the reviews hitting for this one i remember it being uh you know fairly demanding for pcs at the time but i had a pc that could you know, run it well enough and uh i remember buying this for 35 pound or whatever which was the the going rate for a boxed new pc game at the time um and yeah, I played it through. I remember, uh, I remember a couple of things. I remember a friend of mine who wasn't always, you know, not always a big gamer. A guy I've mentioned a few times before, Jim, who sometimes gets into stuff and plays it a lot, and then doesn't play anything for years. But I remember him saying to me, "Oh my god, I've been playing Call of Duty. It's amazing." So that was sort of telling in itself. And I also remember a, a session of uh, probably would have been Pro Evo 2 or something at the time. I remember some friends coming around for a session of uh, Pez, and I, I had 
this running and uh, I was sniping Nazis in rather efficient style with the mouse. And I remember my friend, another Jim, funnily enough, different Jim, uh, sort of look, giving me that slightly scared look at the efficiency <laughs> with which I was uh, I was sniping Nazis. Um, like, uh, he was going, Jesus, Leon, Jesus. Uh, you know, and I was like, well, it's all right, they're Nazis. So, uh, yeah. Uh, and then I bought, the, I bought it when it came out on uh, console just because it seemed like a, you know, one for the collection, Call of Duty Classic on the uh, Xbox 360 dashboard. And uh, I finally got around to actually playing it beyond the first couple of levels in the last couple of weeks. And I've completed the whole thing. Got all the achievements bar the one you get for playing it on the hardest setting, which I won't be doing. I won't be doing that. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Dusk versus Tweak from the forum. Our one piece of uh, long form correspondence. Thank you very much, Eric. I believe is the real name. Uh, the first Call of Duty was fantastic. It was the first World War II shooter I enjoyed since Medal of Honor Frontline. It helped that I had just recently watched HBO's Band of Brothers and the game almost felt like an adaptation of that show. While I haven't played the first Call of Duty game in over a decade, I remember the massive battles, fighting through troops to get into towns, storming hallways and the squad-based combat that seemed to have so much personality then. It was, I think, the last episode of the American side that I remember the most, having to hold out while waiting for reinforcements, and that help never seemed to come. It was a stressful but exciting mission, and it left me ready to start the next missions with all new countries. A real blockbuster for its time. Thank you, Eric. It was, indeed. Uh, So, let's get into the sort of, uh, the look and feel of the game visually. Um, both in terms of the the art design, you know, colour palette and all that sort of thing, and, and bearing in mind the tech then and now and uh, how we think it looks and looks and plays. Do you got any memories? I, I remember it looking, um, you know, subdued and grey and, you know, battleship grey and khaki and all that stuff, but actually technically I remember it being, uh, it being pretty high-end stuff back in 2003. Yeah, I remember um, buying it and I wanted to tweak out my graphics card that it cost an insane amount of money for the time, mm-hmm. way more than I could have ever afforded. Thank you, student loan. Um, and yeah, it, it it was never spectacular with its uh, visual appeal or its fidelity, but there was an atmosphere that was created by the engine where it was dark and moody, especially at night. I think that's where it really started to sort of capture the imagination for me, where it really stood out. Um, and scenes that didn't feel quite authentically uh, night driven in allied assault um especially the bit the sort of the, the the mission on the beach in allied assault which it felt a little bit too orange and and, and not quite gritty and dark enough um mm. compared to the first time when you parachute in early on in the game and you're making your way over the hills uh, uh, the, the farmers fields as the searchlights are going over, it was just absolutely mind blowing, and I felt it was like um, it was as close to being in a war in a video game as I'd experienced yeah. up until that point. Yeah. Uh, and for that, the the sort of the atmosphere and the aesthetic appeal that that it created without the incredible fidelity. I mean, this was not like something like a, a Half Life Two where it was just fidelity, um, stunning in its fidelity. It, it was maybe engine limited but it was very emotive uh, and it absolutely sold me on that and then without jumping too far ahead onto the multiplayer there was just the the actual visual appeal and design uh, of those maps that were created uh, i think right. I, I think i played two rounds rang my friend up and said get into town and buy it now uh, based purely on on 
the the visual appeal of wanting to play those levels. So yeah, from the design, art, and graphic side of it, it won me over instantly. Yes, yeah, so, so I've got a, a different take to that actually. Um, you know, I have a, obviously have a problem because I, I'm pretty sure I played Half Life Two before I I played Call of Duty, and obviously they, I mean, that that is a if you're talking about a technical showcase for PC at the time, there's your benchmark for many many years <laughs> to come. Um, so coming back to, to Call of Duty, um, it it felt maybe a little more limited in scope. Um, and that's obviously not what was sold to me only previously a year before. Um, but no, I, I mean, I, I disagree with the with the art design. See, one of my, uh, and maybe this is more of a problem, but I, I've noticed now, is to me it's it's all, it's all a bit too colourful. Like I, I found, uh, certainly playing through it this time, like um, things have got a bit too much of a kind of, uh, a sheen, a bit too much of a glow to them. Um, I found like kind of going across the field. Yeah, yeah, it's it's atmospheric because you've got the floodlights and stuff. But it's also like the grass is quite green. It's it, it's almost. I'm not going to say it feels Halo esque in in the way it's kind of got that colour to it. But I think that's what it makes sense in my own mind. Because when I I think back to something like Allied Assault, to me that was you know dark and gritty. Now I think you know we talked about Allied Assault many years ago. It would appear on this show. And you know, to me that that felt like it it was certainly the the, the beach landing. Um, it it felt like it was trying to deal with war in a very gritty way. You know, people being shot you know, shot down from that beach, and this has moments of that. Certainly, like Stalingrad, etc. But I, I don't feel like um, <laughs> see this will be my bigger point later about how this game makes me feel now. But it, to me, it feels a little bit more cartoonish. Um, and I think that, mm. to me, also plays into the art design throughout the game. And that's not necessarily, I mean, that's just an artistic choice. But I do think, actually looking back to it against something like Allied Assault, which to me just felt maybe a bit more genuine about the, the, the war around it. To me, this was a bit more kind of, uh, I, you know, I don't want to say like pop cut because it's not. But, you know, at that time, obviously Band of Brothers, Save It Private Ryan, there's aspects that it's clearly taken from. And to me, it feels a bit more kind of movie-esque, um, which mm. was absolutely what it was aimed for versus mm. something like Allied Assault, which maybe felt a bit more kind of like treating the soldiers with a bit more kind of like well this is what how it's i mean actually allied assault playing it back many years ago now um was there's a lot of corridor shooting etc and yeah there's one or two really standout levels and brutally hard on occasions as we found out um but i'll, I'll talk more about my feelings about how the you know the, the yeah. game structure later but actually i think it's a more colorful game than i ever remember it being and going back now it still stands up as being actually quite a colorful game Mm. What I would say about the color palette is obviously we we tend to associate. Um, I think it's partly, you know, we've grown up watching a lot of. Although there is, of course, famously color footage of of World War Two, we associate uh, the color palette of World War Two with you know, khaki and battleship grey and mud brown and and, mm-hmm. and all these things. And and some films go for that, uh, lean on that artistically because it seems to make more. Uh, sense tonally than to have a bright color palette but actually if you read accounts from people who served in france and places like that it was bright and colorful and pretty just as it is today you know the fact that mm. they were yeah. the fact that they were in a war and there, there are scenes in in war films um that that really do emphasize mm-hmm. the the beauty of the environments around them um you know at, on downtime obviously you know you're not 
taking in that that prettiness when you're in the middle of a firefight or whatever but uh, but there's no reason why well, I guess what I'm saying is if you're de- depicting if you're trying to depict a landscape there's yeah. no reason you know thinking about going to um, Tucson in The Witcher 3 or whatever like there's no reason why uh, a war setting should be you know the lighting should be different because actually these battles take place in a real yeah, place I, I think in a real my, world without a filter over my, the top uh, my absolute classic example is that the thin red line you, you know, it's set yeah. in the South yeah, Pacific exactly. and it's just you know the, the beauty of the island and then obviously the, the horror of the things happening around it is a yeah. you know, brilliant that's, yeah. that's the juxtaposition, that juxtaposition is, yeah. the, is, the, is the point yeah and may, maybe that's what Infinity Ward were going, going for here although actually I think they were probably going more for Hollywood but uh, yeah Sean, what do you think? Uh, you've played the PS3 version, so obviously you've got a. Uh, uh, even though it was a more, on yeah, a more modern I mean, machine, I, it's a slightly downscaled. I have to say, having seen them side by side, the the console versions are a lot muddier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah I, I was sitting yeah. here thinking while you were talking about how, being colorful. I was like, man, that PC nah. version must be something else. Because yeah, yeah. Because um, yeah. uh, I, I I I just automatically assumed that the PS3 version is the worst of the console versions just because that's how things normally go uh, yeah i doubt there's much in between the 360 and ps3 versions. yeah i I don't know if there's a digital foundry out there for those about (laughs) it but uh maybe um yeah yeah i I mean it's it's nice that it it tries to run at 60 like i think that's always been a a staple of the franchise that they want to make sure these games run at 60 doesn't fit I don't think the 360 version runs at 60. It doesn't feel like it. Oh, it, it constantly dips. Like I, I've noticed, it's like it, it runs very at, sluggish. It'll, it'll be at 60 if you're walking okay. around, nothing's happening. But once action hits, it's it's dropping. Yeah, yeah, intensely. Yeah, it's. I think it's a, a pretty uh, Aspire Media who did the Mac version also did this console port some years later. We should oh, say, right. um, okay. and I think it was a bit of a. I think it was a bit of a. You know. A, a quick and lazy port mm-hmm. and, you know, I don't think to, I'm sure the developers were perfectly capable of doing something more mm-hmm. uh, more that ate the original but I doubt they were given the time or the resources to, yeah. to do it so so it, it works but it's not yeah it's not like a it's it's not like a proper remastered version it's just right. a bung, yeah. bunged, bunged out version yeah yeah so so for me like most of the visuals were, were a pretty choppy because of that frame rate and b um, honestly it just came out I, I i'm thinking back in my head the only color i can picture in my head is the the red from the nazi flag it is it is funny and while you're talking about that i mean I, i've just done a quick search for call of duty 2003 on the pc just on like google images and just the all the ones coming back it's just like these quite bright colorful landscapes in the background etc right. um mm. yeah anyway that that's uh, you that is the game you've played so i'm not i can't yeah, yeah. No, it's it's an interesting and and you know people who come to this now. Obviously, I don't. Yeah, I don't know if anyone would come to this now other than people like us who are doing right, it for these yeah. these sorts of reasons. But uh, it's not backwards compatible, so you'd need to have either a last gen console set up or yeah, a PC that will run a game from 14 years ago, which is probably Pretty more likely. Things, yeah, phones will <laughs> yeah. probably do that. Yeah, fine. yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, th- th- that's perhaps the version that. I don't know. More people are likely to play, but um, but it does seem that yeah, you 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 will get you will get a visually uh, slightly different experience from from the next game on. If we do continue with this series, Call of Duty Two, obviously we were then dealing with a three sixty version yeah. being you know slightly downgraded. But I mean, I'm interested in what uh, so, so I, the way to, the way it looks on on the Xbox three sixty. I'd say it was running at I don't know what resolution, but not not anything it's hard to tell because obviously the polygon assets are are already a bit aged but it doesn't look like it's running at anything beyond 
sort of I guess the equivalent of like yeah, yeah maybe maybe 800 by 600 or something like right. that it's in a it's in a four to three aspect ratio uh, mm-hmm. which I assume the original was as well so what c- can you crank the resolution on this up Tony can you go widescreen are there mods did you, uh, you look can, into them? but you uh, you have to remember it's a game of its time so the, the more you kind yeah. of it wasn't ever designed to be pulled out into like 1080p for instance yeah. so yeah. although you can do it it doesn't the, the aspect doesn't look right for it so I played it I can't I think it's twelve eighty by seven. It's yeah, whatever. Sure, sure. Yeah, okay. it, it was the right frame, um, but it's yeah, it was clear. Yeah, nice. And You're good. not playing it on your fifty-five inch four K screen, though. No, right? I'm just playing it on a twenty-three inch PC screen. Probably, <laughs> probably wise. I was playing it on a thirty-seven inch uh, ten screen. No, I mean it's, screen, it's interesting. It I had the choice didn't look to, great. to play it on the the three sixty, but it, yeah, to me it. Yeah, it's. I played it on the PC back then, and it seemed like the, you know it's there on my Steam library. I should just play the version mm-hmm. I had. And oh, for yeah, sure, yeah, yeah and just no, the, good call. I mean, that's really the version we're actually sort of reviewing. I mean, yeah. I, as I say, I played it too, and my memories are of it being, uh, yeah, fast and slick and a high frame rate, and yeah, probably bright. Uh, yeah, I probably do remember it in my head as being brighter than the version I've recently played. So there, there might be something about the recreation of the graphics in the in the classic version, whether it was a deliberate choice or whether it was. Uh, just some part of the conversion process that makes it look slightly duller. I don't know. Um, I've seen this actually with other games that have been sort of emulated from older PC games onto slightly more contemporary consoles. They do sometimes end up looking a bit murky, but I don't know. I don't know what the actual reasons behind that are because I'm not technically minded. The other thing I think that dates the game beyond the low polygons and uh, low pixel count is the animation of yeah, the soldiers absolutely. uh looks comical in a lot of places <laughs> they're like, like the, almost the, always yeah. crouching for some reason and walking at the same time a like crab walking kind of well that's the um I, I watched a few reviews from back back in the day um just to kind of get that that flavor of what people were saying back then you know in context yeah. and and you know one of the, the things they were highlighting was the animation being so good um you know being the fact right. that you know there was such animations of hand gestures and movements sure, and yeah. crouching and you know re- as we talked about react- talking yeah, faces reacting to the environment I, I mean, like at one stage I had uh, a soldier of mine throw a grenade back and <laughs> you know that's you know it seems so trivial now right um, but actually you know for them you know people were you were generally quite excited about the fact that you know there was interaction amongst those things they weren't just you know, standing there but you know, I feel like that stuff was in and around that must have been you know that's not the first game i remember you know my teammates doing stuff i'm sure that, that wasn't that their big like mission statement though was mm. or one of their big mission statements of like, having ai teammates doing stuff around you yeah exactly yeah uh this this was uh, as i say i think valve had had tried some of this stuff with uh the half-life games and the spin-offs in particular and, and some of the teams who worked on those mods but I think there were there was some ambitious stuff here uh, in terms of the AI, but I think it, what dates it mm-hmm. m- for me more than the the things that they're doing is the way they're doing it. Yeah. Right. It's, yeah. the, it's yeah. that it's that sort of slightly yeah cartoonish uh, run and and that sort of thing, and it actually <laughs> yeah. undermines the seriousness of the situation yeah, a bit the way the way they the way they mobilise themselves. Um, yeah, which which is which is kind of a shame, um, mm-hmm. and yeah, and, and like. I, I like the fact that they do the they they very much sort of took the uh, the lead from Saving Private Ryan and Band of Brothers, which is the thing which when I, I, growing up watching 
particularly American TV and movies in the 70s and 80s, when somebody got shot, they generally sort of went flying through the air in slow motion. Whether it was a gory film or a non-gory film, (laughs) people used to get shot and they used to, you know, in in old westerns and everything, you know, they used to clutch themselves and throw themselves to the floor, you know, like a, like a, like exactly the sort of thing that um, modern soccer players get criticised for, (laughs) for, for for when they, when they've been shot and injured. But uh, the thing that Spielberg did, I think really, um, uh, he's probably not the the only one. I think this is also in, uh, in Thin Red Line and things like that, which is where people get shot and they just go down. They just, they they just, yeah, either they just drop. Yeah. Either they're not really aware that they've been shot, which is apparently a very, very, very common thing. Mm -hmm. Um, because it doesn't, you know, you don't, it never, supposedly it never feels like you expect it to feel, mm-hmm. you know, because why, why would you know unless you live in America? Um, <laughs> sorry, sorry, Sean. No, uh, you're right. And, and, um, and I think that, that they go for this sort of animation, this where sometimes you just shoot someone and they just kind of, you know, like their, their whole, their frame relaxes kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like they mm-hmm. just, there's very little writhing about and there's a bit of sort of video gamey or gold, almost golden eye style somebody goes ah oh, i've been shot and then they just sort of carry on they just get up and carry on i mean which we still see in in contemporary games now um but i do like those ones where where you just you you shoot someone neatly and they just they literally just drop on it and it feels actually more impactful than somebody yeah. kind of yeah. doing a uh, you know doing sort of the dance of death yeah, yeah totally. maybe this speaks to something about me then and now but the, the few times well there's a number of times you can shoot people in this and they, they kind of collapse on this, the floor and they go to get back up again and yes. you have to shoot them again yeah. like there's yes. there's a little part of me that died inside every single time I did that it was like this doesn't seem fair <laughs> like come on <laughs> I mean I, it's the game whatever but yeah it, it was kind of oh uh, sorry, mate. <laughs> it's a weird sort of halfway house because you've got that, you've got those, you've got the been shot, but actually hasn't taken enough damage to die according yeah. to the game's logic. Yeah. So they just carry on and act the same. Mm-hmm. But then you've also got those quite, I think, quite affecting deaths, which is where the people just drop and they no longer live. Mm-hmm. You know, they mm-hmm. just cease to exist you, in that way. You've, that you, you've also got your comrades where they they like to walk out in front of the door. You know, the AI script in here gets shot. Walk back mm-hmm. out in front of the door, get shot. Walk out in front of the door, get shot. You're like, <laughs> yep, they've got a big health pool. <laughs> Just like, it takes, yes. you know, the comedy aspect unfortunately comes across at that point. Yeah, the characters with the character, the friendly characters with names definitely have uh, mm-hmm. have more health than the enemy characters without names, right? And that sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. Uh, but yes, the I, I think one of the reasons we go back to to games of this nature in this era is because I think it is very easy to even for those of us who expose ourselves to games almost more so because if you play a new one of these every six months or a year, then you kind of you won't you don't necessarily notice the incremental improvements mm-hmm. and changes that have been made. So going back and seeing some of these quite, I think quite quirky and comical aspects is sort mm-hmm. of fascinating in itself. But don't you know, Call of Duty never changes. <laughs> Probably less than some, but still definitely, yeah, I would be like, I don't know about you guys, and I'm sort of getting ahead here, but when I was playing through this, when I was having a good time, I was thinking, oh, I quite fancy playing that new one. Yeah. 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 I was just going to say, it's it's been interesting playing this uh, shortly after, I played just a little bit of of World War II, which came out Oh, you have? Okay. Yeah. Oh, Um, that's interesting. Yeah. And I I, I really didn't get along with that game at all. So I... I, Really? Yeah. I, I... on that one but um hmm. but it, it's interesting in a way see like that one has so much more clearly it's made in 2017 it has so much more high polish and animation and all this stuff but there were i felt at least a little bit more emotion from this game this call wow. classic than i did mm-hmm. at all at any point during world war ii um hmm. 
Yeah, it's been it's been really fascinating to see how how much has how much has changed and how much actually hasn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so obviously we're not reviewing that game. It's, yeah, it's too yeah. new, and only mm-hmm. one of us has had a dabble at it. But what mm-hmm. do you think? If you could put your finger on a couple of things, why you felt like that? Uh, what would that be? Was it the presentation? This sort of uh, d- does it come with the same sort of slightly grandiose and there's portentous? Something, there's something about Call of Duty World War Two that felt really fake to me like it, it it always kind of felt like they were reacting to battlefield one and i know that wasn't entirely the case because obviously these games have been in development for years right um but it, it just none, none of the none of the story had any kind of uh or of what i've saw of it like i said i didn't finish the game so i don't, I don't really know for sure but yeah. I, I never felt any connection to any of the characters and they all felt very stereotypical from like if you had seen any of these old films or tv shows or i say old now but it's you know same private ryan yeah. i guess isn't that old um 20 years it's old enough oh my god is it really 20 years <laughs> older, older than older than some of our listeners probably. jeez um nearly as well, old as josh yeah, <laughs> yeah, but it just—it a lot of it just felt very generic and stereotypical, and and in a way, some of this, you know, Call of Duty classic is as well. But there's some there's something that it's hard to describe. It feels a little bit more genuine about this game. Well, I mean, I, I think also think it's an, an era thing, isn't it? Because yeah, you know, we we've done the full circle here, when we because we've we've done World War at this at this point of playing this game. You know, World War Two was a a hot. I was a hot topic. It seems a hot property. You know, there was you know lots of stuff out around you know that conflict, and you know this mm-hmm. was very much you know taken advantage of that. Obviously, there were so many games that came out thereafter that you know everybody got came off the boil, and and Call of Duty in particular went went into a you know a, a different direction into more modern yeah. conflicts, and then eventually to space, and then and all of a sudden <laughs> yeah. you know we're people have got bored of that, and it seems you know the the want to kind of experience. Um, that feeling of you know of combat in boots in the, on the ground, yeah, boots on the ground within that era, but done in a more modern style take. And you have to bear in mind, there's lots of games that have still continued that that tradition, um, but they're you know they're they're not triple A titles, so a lot of them go under like was it Verdun mm. and stuff like that that you know just mm-hmm. go mm-hmm. underneath the radar and don't mm. have the production values. So I think there there is that want of people, maybe people of our generation or our age that have you know played call of duty back in the day and actually just hankering for oh i wonder what this game would look like now so yeah, you know, whether yeah that that genuineness is is there and hate to say that you know the people making yeah. that game wouldn't be genuine about it but genuineness can come off a little bit uh negative a little bit um almost disrespectful to sure, the artists yeah. and, the, uh, uh, and what they're trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. But I think priorities from a developer, maybe even more so from a publisher player part, and this mm-hmm. isn't even from Call of Duty now to the latest Call of Duty game. It's something that if we ever cover the full series of Call of Duty games, which, you know, judging by our timetable, we'll be covering mod, uh, Call of Duty 2 <laughs> in Volume 9. So um, you... you we are almost certainly going to talk that there's the Call of Duty 1, Call of Duty 2, Call of Duty 4 arc. Then there's the Misses of 3, which was a console on 5, and then back to Modern Warfare. Then you've got the uh, the, the really futuristic combat of the Black Ops uh, series and, and how the, 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 the franchise has jumped back and forth. And I think the latest one, oddly being based on something very real, Mm-hmm. has perhaps got the biggest identity crisis. 
<laughs> because yeah. um, between the modern ones and the futuristic ones, we've lived in a whole world of fantasy and now trying to recreate something that was uh, emotive and real and mm-hmm. has played an impact in you know uh, the very recent histories of our grandparents uh, coming from where the series has come from. Mm. With no disrespect to what the art teams have tried to create, it's it's just it it comes off a little bit awkward. And do you go for the grandiose cinematics, uh, which obviously they can do brilliantly now, um, or do you go for the gritty realness and perhaps lose what has made Call of Duty popular in the last mm-hmm. five ten years? So it, it it it's a little bit. It, it, it's hard. I mean, would the, would the newest one, if it had had the budget of the new one and not been a Call of Duty game but been a new IP, would it have been hated on so much? Maybe not. It, it, it's hard to say. I think a classic example of that, though, is the, I believe the new Call of Duty opens up World War Two. opens up with, um, the, is it Normandy D-Day. Land? Yeah, Norman, D-Day Norman, again, Landed, Normandy yeah. Landed again. Yeah. And I've heard nothing people go, oh, God, the Normandy Landed again, really? <laughs> and, you yeah. know, when I think back to, you know, Allied Assault and the for the time, the technical showcase, the money that they, I mean, they almost pumped their entire budget into that opening level because, you know, of the Spielberg right. effect. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was deemed as one of the most, you know, impressive achievements in gaming at that point. It's the World War Two iconic moment, yes, isn't it? So, for, for people of our generation sort of so, looking mm-hmm. back. You know, so I look at that, you know, that, that 20 year arc and, and just kind of go, hmm, okay. <laughs> like, like you know maybe mm-hmm. people's appetites for this type of game are very different from from what we were playing back then and and in some respect i mean there's a there's a great article that's doing the rounds at the moment from um rob zackney from waypoint um it's called watching history fade away in the call of duty in call of duty and um in that like he he basically surmises like you know the the generation of like do we really understand you know what these people went through and you know how these these games kind mm-hmm. of portray you know the, the hollywood style and and really right, it wasn't yeah. that you know you know we see it as the band of brothers and you know people mm-hmm. like career soldiers but actually it was just you know you me and your half yep. your village that that went into battle and yeah. friends and family who were lost and you know it wasn't this heroic thing it was this horrendous thing but yeah. th- that that's a very hard thing to portray in a piece of you know commercial entertainment yeah. now right. interestingly all this going on and you know we we organized this show for now and knowing that new, new call of duty would probably be out and world war ii all that stuff and it's interesting playing this game now in context against a brand new one that's dealing you know within the same area um and sean a bit like you actually playing this game now i I had the same effect that you had with Call of Duty World War Two with this game. It's like I actually felt like it it didn't deliver enough in that what this war was. In fact, it felt yeah. rather cartoony. You know, the moment yeah. like yeah. Captain Price came on board with his twizzling English moustache, and it, you know, <laughs> it's kind it's kind of funny. And they're kind of playing it as like, oh, British stereotypes. It's funny, right, isn't it? Yeah. Now yeah. the stereotypes all over the shop. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now I'm not saying this game doesn't ever hit those high points. You know, and I think like the storm of Stalingrad, that moment mm-hmm. you, you come off the boat, I mean, it's so eminent at the gates, of course, but, you know, given just yeah. a set of bullets and no gun, like, that is a real moment in, in this game where you go, yep. oh, wow. Like, yeah, I, no, I, I see what you're trying, yeah, you're, what you're conveying and you know, the bullets raining down on you and, and the terror mm-hmm. of even just replaying that again now, you know, that's this many years down the line and it doesn't need fancy graphics to portray that because you're there within the emotion. But I think this game 
doesn't actually deal with the emotion uh, of the conflict very well. And actually, something coming off Allied Assault, which we, you know, both Leon and me, I remember having a, a struggling time going through, like, Sniper Alley and stuff. But actually, for as difficult as that was, probably actually portrayed what war was more like. But yeah. it was less fun. So then I'm caught between... Hmm. Well, actually, I've had quite a quite a laugh playing this game again it's been quite fun and you know i've enjoyed it um but i'm not too sure if that's what they were aiming for back then because when i look at the the kind of the advertising the reviews and everything around that it seems like it is you know trying to portray something a bit more self-serious the splash screens the presentation is all uh, i think th- i made very very few notes going through this uh game but the only one was about this this tone this sort of mm. uh juxtaposition of tone and, and uh, you know there's all sorts of reasons i think it's you know is the fact that it's a 2003 video game it's the mm-hmm. fact that it's a video game mm-hmm. it's the fact that it came after medal of honor and band of brothers and saving private ryan but i think it does absolutely veer wildly mm-hmm. from war was hell and it was this really awful thing and we're going to give you all these real life quotes and every time somebody <laughs> right, dies yeah. <laughs> uh it's uh there's we're going to give you the sound of bombs c- coming in that really haunting sound of mm. whistling bombs uh, we're going to have a couple of, uh, you know, Spielberg trademark shell shock kind of moments. Mm-hmm. But actually, half the time, you're going to be Indiana Jones. You're going to be, um, <laughs> you know, and Michael Giacchino's music, uh, ver- you know, veers wildly from uh, John Williams' Saving Private Ryan uh, stuff from the, the, you know, the more... Um, jingoistic but emotional type mm. scenes but then it all sound like John Williams stuff from Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade well, yeah. punching Nazis I, I had in one, the face. one stage where Liz was downstairs and she came and said why are you watching Star Wars and I was like, it's, yeah, yeah, like yeah. That's, no, no, it's Call of Duty <laughs> it's, it's, it's quite weird I mean, it has moments of being truly bombastic it does it, it, it sells on that but I couldn't remember experiencing so many key set pieces in a game and obviously we've already mentioned the D-Day landing from Allied Assault as one that that game had but this had regular ones throughout you mentioned the enemy of the gate section uh, sneaking up in the in the night on the French farmlands is my most memorable moment bar none of the whole game um, trying to take down uh, tanks you know the, these areas of the game have uh, it, it sort of builds up and really thrives on the set pieces and the drama. And this is a, a hallmark of what made Call of Duty mm. very, very popular. And there was very little that did that before. I mean, something like Halo was pretty sustained throughout in its scale. And um, Half-Life did it with a, a lot of lows, uh, a lot of highs, uh, and to try and get that balance out. But Call of Duty constantly tried to hit you and hit you and hit you with these these moments to try and oh, do yeah. the, the past one. and. Um, I'd not experienced anything like that and it's not something that I would thrive for now and maybe that's why the latest Call of Duty single players have all fell short because it's still chasing that old formula that's maybe dated and is no Mm -hmm. longer required but the adrenaline that I felt playing a campaign like Call of Duty for the first time was maybe unmatched at the time and I absolutely truly fell in love with that for that reason and it did something that again call of duty 2 and, and call of duty 4 those three specifically are games that that i absolutely enveloped myself in in the adrenaline that they would deliver with these set pieces mm. and, and loved it for them um and now we talk about the pacing of games can be a bit all over the place and it's something that, that can be quite negative because it's very hard to maintain that you know 100 miles an hour thing um in recent years 
there are very few games that I, that the first person that I would have said have been pissed overly well. I mean, Wolfenstein: The New Order, which we've covered, would be one. Titanfall Two would be one, and I would genuinely be struggling to name a third um, for a game that's paced well. So we can look back at Call of Duty now and criticize it for being all of that and maybe being a bit too heroic, a bit too over um, exaggerated. But at the time, I absolutely loved that because I had not experienced anything. So that that's the whole sort of memories versus present take on something that I can acknowledge why it's an issue now, but I had not experienced that at the sure. time, which is why I loved to, it. Yeah, to an extent. I, I mean, I remember having good time with with some of these set pieces for sure and and they were you know technically impressive things like getting in a truck or and and driving up and down a, an airfield or whatever and actually that's allied assault isn't it but there is a there is an airfield <laughs> section and um uh, uh yeah and that various moments like that definitely impressive I'm, I'm my point is more that it's it's more that it's at odds with I, I felt like it was at odds with the message it was trying to give, which is yeah. that uh, war is horrible, except when it's really good fun. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know. But then again, you want the game to be fun, and, and you're fighting that whole, do you really want the... We, we can happily go and read a book that's miserable, or um, we'll go and watch a movie, especially, that, that's miserable and makes us feel awful, you know, I mean, I, 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 and think that it's brilliant for it. But a game that's a 10-hour experience, do you really want to experience war in the worst possible way? I mean, we have had war games try and do well, that. Well, there's and lots then, of games and, that are now about uh, yeah. P- PTSD and things like that that I think are very worthwhile, but this isn't trying to be that. This is obviously... Yes, but I think the, we've the got po- better, my, my of course. Point, well, yeah, but my, my uh, as I say, my point is more that... Uh, yeah maybe it shouldn't lean so hard on the on the you know war is this miserable awful thing that we should never do yeah. with the quotes and things but then then have the basically you're a superhero in a car taking on the entire might of the nazi army single-handedly which yeah, is that's one that you know always didn't keeps happen. at me yeah it's like going down <laughs> i'm not it, saying yeah. there weren't heroes by Driving the way the car but, whilst but some of these sequences the are absurd. The car. yeah exactly it's, yeah, yeah it's it gets a tad you know being on the airfield like fair enough like trying to get to a plane but then jumping on like an anti-aircraft gun taking down 15 planes that fly down yeah. towards you but <laughs> yeah. but to Carl's point like I, I do remember back when I played it originally that you know driving a tank through a, a snowy field and running over trees oh, yeah. being you know flabbergasted at, at how cool and, and clean and crisp that all seemed to work and and yeah and there's definitely set pieces in this game that are fantastic and it and it's funny actually when i think back to these set pieces they're ones that set you with the instrumental wobs because actually there's a lot of this game where i felt like i was a god um yeah yeah maybe it's because i was playing the mouse and keyboard and everything was a headshot and maybe but there was so yeah it's does help i mean i was just playing on normal difficulty so you know maybe if i played it on veteran difficulty it would tell me about the horror of war but I was just playing on normal difficulty. <laughs> but there was a lot of times I was just... No med kits. But no, I was going through, if I took, like, I don't know, uh, the Chateau Manor or whatever it may be. Like, it's just, you know, working away through the floor and just doing this like, same old kind of pop round door, shoot things. Um, but it's it's those moments where you you, know, you have to defend the bridge and you've got a, you know, a time mm. limit and, you know, more and more troops have been thrown in and there's more and more the whizzing bullets hitting the structure around you and you're popping every you know trying to take a tank out from a from a you know but that actually is stuff that i feel like allied assault did really well as well um you know it was those kind of insurmountable odds that i think yeah. and, it, and it, it dealt with that basically throughout the game well, this is 
this is two years on, I guess. This is almost the direct yeah, sequel. But, okay, the reason I bring this up is because I watched mm. a, a couple of documentaries around that time where they were quite like, you know, we had to set our studio up because EA wouldn't allow us to, you know, um, do the things we, we wanted to. And, you know, and this is proven mm. out because we've got 50 Game of the Year awards and stuff. But actually, it's funny looking at it now. It's like, well... You know, I think maybe they just wanted their title to be a bit more kind of self-serious, and you know what you wanted to do is a bit more kind of dramatic or bam cinematic. Kind yeah, cinematic, of, yeah. and and there's nothing wrong mm. with that, of course, because mm-hmm. actually when it does the cinematic stuff for for that era, it does it really well, um, and it's good fun. But I I definitely walked away from this game, you know, in 2017, going it's it's a little bit comical for out. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I just think, just to you know, uh, not to harp on too much on the subject, but if I was to play a game on World War Two, purchase it, set it up, want to go and play it, and left it feeling so shell shocked after twenty minutes that I never wanted to return, I don't think I, I think I could praise the atmosphere being realistic, but I couldn't praise mm-hmm. it for being a game that I enjoyed. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. Uh, and and I think that's fair, but I think that that comes back to the argument of you know should should is this an appropriate subject yeah, for exactly. a, for a bombastic video should game? War be fun. I remember, funnily enough, you uh, what you said there, Carl. I remember Charlie Brooker reviewing uh, Call of Duty Three mm. uh, back uh, so what four three or four years after this. He said exactly what you just said. He said, and and obviously you know things have moved on since then. But he said uh, he played it for a couple of hours and he felt so you know utterly kind of worn down by the by the intensity and the, the sort of the constant threat and and whatever of the experience that he didn't want to play it anymore so yeah. that can definitely happen um yeah I, uh, this I, kind of reminds me of of um the talk around spec ops the line which was um a lot of people including myself were saying like we don't not like you know the game kind of chastises you for enjoying it in a way yeah and and at one point, I remember the the writer of the game came out and said that. Well, in that case, the the actual perfect game over for you is to turn it off and not come back. Yeah, yeah. And how yeah. that would be like the most like effective way to 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 experience yeah. a war game. Yeah, I mean that, and that, that, that was an, an interesting game for discussion anyway. I mean, when you spend money on listen. it. Yeah, that was yeah. my that was my issue. I was like, well, I gave you sixty dollars. Yeah. So. yeah, that's a problem. But then, <laughs> but then maybe, maybe but, there's something to be yeah. said for uh, educated purchases of purchases. course yeah. like if, yeah. if you think that you find if you find war traumatic then don't buy don't, a war game right exactly yeah. Yeah, yeah uh but should they should should war be made palatable to be a right game? Exactly. I mean, or even be a real genuine wars that have happened actually be a topic yeah exactly. for enjoyment and probably not i mean it is quite distasteful to do what's about interesting it. I mean, is though that hollywood made a ton of really unrealistic jingoistic yeah. <laughs> films in the aftermath of the second world war and it and it mm-hmm. took some time and distance before they started making arguably slightly yeah. more authentic mm-hmm. ones but actually vietnam films were starting to come out while the war was pretty much still going mm. on <laughs> and some mm. of the most grueling and harrowing war films were made about Portrait vietnam. It quite oh. accurately yeah so i don't know it's um yeah it, it, it's a, it's a never to be Make sold it, subject yeah. it speaks uh, to the, the the evolution of patriotism in a way you know it's just back then yeah. it was all your gung-ho about it ready to go and then once mm-hmm. vietnam came around everybody realized oh wow Everyone, this is yeah a massive hell yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean that's the thing you ask any world war ii sort of veteran and you you see them on documentaries all the time and if you were to ask any of them did you feel like a hero not one of them would claim no. that they felt no, my, um my brother's a career soldier um i say mm. a soldier he, he's 
worked his way all the way up to the very top ranks of now retired and and uh, patrols the uh, Nigerian seas now for pirates. So you know, he, oh, wow. he uh, nice safe safe. But work, um, yeah. you know, once again, yeah, you know, just he did obviously tours of Iraq and Afghanistan and all the modern conflicts, and you know. Hmm. Once again, almost um, it's not the same as world, any of the world wars, but you know, having been there, very rarely would he talk about the stories, and the ones he would talk about was basically nothing ever gets reported the way it should be reported. Um, it, there's so much more stuff that yeah. happens that you'll never know about, and the reason he left it was that he lost too many buddies. Um, as simple yeah. as that. And what are his feelings on? Can I ask on on games like Battlefield and you know the recent uh, the, the between space and World War Two? He's actually <laughs> he is a bit of a gamer, and he says okay. it's just escapism. Um, yeah. Nothing. It doesn't. It yeah. doesn't take him back there. <laughs> no, 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 no. Nothing more than that. Interesting. Um, yeah. You know, and and actually, you if you you know a lot of the so I know certainly for the U.S. Army, this is the case. You know, things like Xboxes and Playstations are commonplace yes, on absolutely. on the bases yeah. as you know yeah. downtimes. I you know it's. Once again, it's it's you know experiencing stuff firsthand versus experiencing stuff for a computer game. I'm sure There's we no all comparison. know this. We're adults. Um, things can be very different. You know, driving a yeah. car in Gran Turismo, yeah. you might think you're the best, and then you stick somebody <laughs> in a high performance right. car on the track, and you know the G's are all very different. So yeah, yeah it's no yeah. for him. I mean, he he left the army. Um, you know, essentially because he lost too many buddies and he mm. took a bullet to a helmet and it ricocheted off his helmet. Oh, wow. And uh, yeah. he went, well, that's the lucky charm and went, yeah, and then decided to, you know, go and, yeah, pirates and seas. But I, yeah, yeah, much, much, but, yeah, much cra- better crazy. Idea. But that's just one I've story. I've films too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Captain yeah. Phillips and, uh, and, and the other one with the hostages. Yeah. Um, Right, well, that's a very interesting and relevant side talk. Um, but I think we should also talk about... Because uh, we, we're talking about you know how much this game did or didn't affect us and how there were elements of the comical about it. Um, coming back and hearing the audio now, again, playing the COD Classic version on 360, um, I think uh, it's something that we've seen uh, again almost imperceptibly. The audio in these games has got miles and miles and miles better over the last sort of ten or fifteen years, without almost without it being that obvious. Because obviously, it was the the jumps were obvious from eight to sixteen bit and sixteen to CD and you know true digital audio. But then once you're in digital audio, the differences are more about um, you know fidelity of sound and depth of sound and richness and surround and vertical and all that sort of thing so going back to this game you're hearing what sounds like obviously guns we're not going back to 8 or 16 bit samples or or white noise but they don't have the level of uh bass or top end they don't have the sort of same sense of echo they they feel more like sound effects but that said i think the sounds throughout this game are you know pretty well um judged in terms of the foley work and all that sort of thing there's some really noticeable we often talk when we go back to games from this era or slightly earlier about footsteps always being really obvious and clunky and this sort of thing but in this game i thought they were actually they did they had quite a lot of surfaces covered this was also one of the games where as you walk about you have a kind of a jingle to your walk because Mm -hmm. the idea is you've got all this stuff hanging from your belts and you're carrying all this pack and stuff and i think that works well um lots of different yeah lots of different foley some different environmental audio as well so yeah not up to battlefield 4 standards or whatever in terms of completely immersive but actually uh a fairly what feels like an immersive soundscape overall yeah, I mean, I was quite fortunate in having uh, a surround system on my PC. Um, ah, 
Well, so worth, I, I, worth had, the, I had eight thousand pounds or whatever. <laughs> yeah, um, I remember. I think it was a an Audrey Two ZS Platinum right sound unit with a proper five one surround system, and still paying it back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> funnily enough, the the uh, I upgraded the sound system for one game afterwards uh, to the Logitech Z5500, and that was Call of Duty Three. Um, so it probably tells you of the impact that Call of Duty One had for me to want to upgrade my audio again. Right. Um, I was fortunate that when I played Halo, I was I could play it in Dolby Digital Five One, and it was my first experience of playing a, a first-person shooter. Uh, with yeah. that, that full surround system, yeah. and it, it, it was it was mind blowing, you know, running the beach and your plasma grades and stuff, and it was that and thinking, well, a world war game, you know, with these the bullets flying, corridors, open fields, the you know, the cannons going off, uh, tanks and stuff. This is something I have to play, and it absolutely blew me away. Right. Um, and you're absolutely right. This is no. Battlefield. I mean, Battlefield Four is from the the benchmark as far mm-hmm. as I'm concerned so far for in-game audio mm. uh, and and gunplay. But uh, and Call of Duty now going back, it does not sound anywhere near as good. But once again, there, there was nothing that I could have compared it to at the time. Um, I may not have felt shell shocked by the game, but the audio certainly did have an effect on me. You know, when you're hearing these grenades go off in the next room and these bullets flying and and, and, and smashing into the bricks and stuff, you you feel a little bit tense. You know, your heart can only race for so long before you think I need to take a break. Um, uh, yet the audio was a little bit uncanny. It had a, a very strange effect on me playing that game. Mm. And to me, it's still, it's still one of the highlights. I think it's the thing, you know, with the with the visual design feeling a little bit lacking for from 2017. I mean, the audio, yes, although a, a tad um, hollow in, in you know in in bass, it it's still really effective. You know, I felt firing a sniper rifle, it still feels you know fairly you know decent kind of a uh, uh, what's the word kind of like reverb, yeah, reverb around yeah. the environment. Yeah. Um, and, you know, as always, you know, I don't want to keep coming back to the same missions, but, you know, storming of Stalingrad with the, the bullets just raining down upon you and bouncing off, you know, services. It's, you know, it sells that stuff really, really well. Um, and, you know, the, the classic, you know, bombs from the sky have the slight, you know, squealing sounds before they hit the ground. Uh, once or twice it does the, the trick of... You know, giving you the shell shot where a bomb going off near you. Yeah. I think they're pretty scripted, but you know, yeah, it it's is, um, it's you know, it's affected enough muffling sound, etc. Um, I was playing mostly for a set of um, headphones, and um, yeah, I think that made up maybe for the lack of you know of bass in it. But it's yeah, I I think the problem being spoiled, isn't it? So I would agree the the battlefield soundtrack certainly on like the war tape mode is just incredibly intense you know the the vibration that you get from that is is you know very hard to match I mean, you know i'd argue that call of duty's never matched it even now um yeah and the difference between firing a real weapon versus what you hear again once again very different but i think yeah. uh, battlefield has gone very very close to that with a decent sound system um mm. but no i i really i i really yeah it really sold the game to me uh, the sound in this even in 2017 um so certainly Back in in two thousand three four, it, it it was must have been really impressive. Yeah, the the fascinating thing for me was was coming at it from uh, you know as I said before, I, I started with Call of Duty four and then played every one of them since, but never gone back. 
And right. now I'm noticing how many sounds actually stuck around <laughs> even from the first game. So like the the, yeah. the melee sound that you get that little like whiff of of can't really yeah. tell make out what that is, but that whiff it's like very iconic, I guess, and stuck with yeah. the series. And the same the, with quite the, deliberate, I think, to yep. keep some of the same sound palette. Yep, yep. Same thing with the grenade sounds. Um, the actual explosions always seem to change, but the noise of it hitting the ground <laughs> ting, ting, ting. it's yeah. just a very yeah it's just a very iconic sound. Just even even outside of video games, you know, you hear that noise, you know it's coming. I might just go yeah. around that, yeah, somewhere just play that noise just to see what people yeah. do. <laughs> Scatter. Yeah. Or th- the, wait, you can't throw it back in this game. No. Yeah. <laughs> the only mm. only thing that really stuck out to me in a negative way was just it's and it's it's from that time period, but um uh voice tracks or or lines of dialogue being reused over and over again. So mm-hmm. that you mentioned that tank <laughs> sequence earlier where you're driving around, you're you're in, in just the part of the Russian campaign and um you're shooting you're blowing up all these other enemy tanks. And my partner guy must have screamed, you can heil Hitler in hell like 30 <laughs> times during that whole time, which is He's a funny line. Choice, man. Yeah. yeah <laughs> he, really believes line. he may have been suffering from, uh, from, from, you know, mental psychosis himself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but well, but I mean, it was, on, it was fine. That brings us on nicely to the, uh, the voice talent. And there is some in this game. Uh, Giovanni Ribisi, of course, mm-hmm. is in it from, yeah. uh, from Saving Private Ryan and Friends <laughs> and lots of other things. Um, Jason Statham as Sergeant Waters. <laughs> really? I didn't know until I looked it up. Uh, Steve Bloom is Captain Foley, who's better known as a video game voice actor. Yeah, I think uh, he, almost ubiquitous in, uh, across mm-hmm. the industry. Um, now, I think, uh, again we have to think about the time that the game came out uh you you play generally i think are you always mute i think you are aren't you a mute silent protagonist mm-hmm. but you're always being barked orders at by your your superiors in wh- whether you're playing as an american british or soviet soldier so it's it kind of falls upon the supporting cast to do the acting um and it's i think for the most part it's fine like they obviously got yeah some well-known and, and talented actors in to to do these bits i think it it's a bit stagey and a bit um you know it's a bit uh a bit pantomimic at times but it's not uh it's not like you know offensively bad like some video games of not far earlier than this in the industry were were doing so um yeah there there were a few sort of cringy exchanges i felt again that, that was more about tone than performance more about the mm-hmm. kind of hey, hey we're all having a great time because we're <laughs> we're killing all these nazis kind of thing and and you know and again that's that's fine if that's the tone you're going for if if that's if you're doing just be consistent um, yeah yeah exactly if, if you're doing the um inglorious bastards thing then right yeah then yeah. then do uh, but i mean well actually i'll say that 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 film fluctuates wildly in tone from <laughs> uh from one thing to another so that's a terrible well, I, example i mean i, I think it but, leans uh, on like the plot Lucky Brits, you know, hey, you know, we're just, <laughs> and then you got the kind of the, oh, yes. you know, the total cheese cliche fest, yeah, for sure. Know, the Americans that are, you know, are fairly gung ho, and you know, yep, uh, and then, and then, yeah, I think that where it sells it probably the the most is the Russians that are just, you know, lambs to the slaughter, <laughs> um, and yes, yeah. they are honouring their, uh, you know their superiors, but yeah, at, at, on pain of death, which you know was obviously a thing that happened. But, there, but even uh, that, there's a yeah. there's a lot of the motherland. The motherland needs you. Yeah, you know. So. Yeah, and again, no, I'm I'm no historian. I I wasn't there, but um, but it comes across as a little, uh, yeah, like a little, little OTT, a little heavy-handed, maybe. So this is going to vary slightly. So I played this on mouse and keyboard back in the day, as Tony has. Uh, 
Sean's only played it with a PS3 controller, which mm-hmm. probably isn't. I don't think the game was uh, properly re reconfigured to work with controllers. Basically, it's like it's fine. I completed the game, as I'm I'm sure you did too, Sean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so it's not that it doesn't work. It's just that it doesn't. Um, there's there are sensitive sensitivity settings and things like mm-hmm. that, but it feels like a game that was designed to be controlled with a mouse. Uh, various sections, just uh, and various weapons, feel like they were obviously designed mouse. And and harking back to that memory of sniping Nazis, I remember it being deeply satisfying just to you know move the mouse in that classic mouse and keyboard first person shooter way, point at the Nazi and shoot them right where you want to. Whereas playing <laughs> through on the 360, uh, it was a bit more like okay, I've got the cursor in their general area that'll do <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. aiming down the sights and hopefully that'll connect uh, there is some auto aim that i think they yeah, added a bit generous. in yeah so it's got that sort of snap to effect that they brought in for the console uh, games so that's that's kind of handy and that actually still feels quite good i think when you do that kind of auto snap to thing even though mm-hmm. it takes some of the skill away mm-hmm. uh, it works fine but um how about the actual the overall sort of feeling of moving and shooting and uh, and all that stuff in COD um, one. Well, for me, it was a it was a bit of a drastic change that you couldn't sprint. Um, of course, that's naturally. just yeah, that's just like for me, that's just that just a natural thing. Now that I do, I click the left stick. He's gonna start running. I kept looking at the, the you know the controls on the on the on the menu, just thinking, I, have I missed something? And right. then I ended up then I ended up googling, where's the sprint in Call mm-hmm. of Duty? There's yeah. no sprint. Apparently, there's, there's a mod sprint. on the PC version you can get. Which oh, probably okay. breaks the game. I don't know. But. Yeah, yeah, and and that that I could I I got over eventually, especially because every time you click it, this big line of dialogue shows up on the screen. This weapon does not have any alternate fire. Um, <laughs> yeah. But um, but as far as the the shooting goes, um, I I really didn't get on with it at all. Um, no. Even though it's not terribly different from the way it is now, but there, no. you, there's just it's just years of of experience that they've had to where you can just make a better feeling shooter. And right. there's for this, there's like the, the biggest problem for me was that there was just no hit marker or any kind of registration of, of your bullet entering that enemy, unless you had a sniper rifle and you can see him get hit and go down. Like it just, it never real felt, life, it always kind of felt like you were just <laughs> shooting them with a water gun, basically to me, like a really nice sounding water gun. Um, <laughs> But I yeah. don't know. It just it, it really didn't didn't connect with me at all, especially during sequences where you're on the back of a truck <clears throat> and you're shooting at other people on a truck that are chasing you. Um, I just never felt like I was really hitting any of them. I was just kind of hoping that they, I was aiming in their direction, hoping that they would eventually stop shooting at me. Um, and they did. I eventually finished those levels, but those were the most difficult ones because I just couldn't I couldn't get the the right feeling of of firing the gun. Mm. Yeah, you can you can really back yourself into a corner on those levels as well because you know you you might get one or two shots off and yeah that okay and then you realise you've still got like three quarters of a level to go and you you're down to like a sliver <laughs> of health and you back exactly, yourself yeah, into a corner. The health was the biggest issue too. Yeah, um, I, I I would say on the PC that's not how it really plays. I, I, it yeah, it's yeah. it's smooth. I, 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 what I can think of it, it feels super smooth, super responsive. Yeah. Um, yeah. Certainly with the mouse and keyboard, and you have to bear in mind. Yeah, I'm I'm really am a console player through and through nowadays. You know, I yeah I sporadically come to the PC for the stuff that I can't get on consoles, but most of that is now on consoles. So, yeah. um, so this was a bit of a uh, yeah a, sort a of bit of a throwback. Unfamiliar, yeah. But I mean, I'm perfectly capable of using mouse and keyboards. The, the, the thing I've always said 
not to make a complete side rant, but the things that I've always said, I've always felt like I'd have more of a realistic movement with a controller because it's, yeah. you know, there there is a slower kind of more methodical yeah. how I move as a human. Well, so at least in the analog era, yeah. maybe not so much because um, it's no different to a D-pad, but in, in the analog stick era, any game that acknowledges your analog stick mm-hmm. in an analog fashion w- will be more realistic than using four cardinal directions yeah. to move in. Of course. And then, but, but, but the aiming. But yeah, yeah. with the aiming, it's, I mean, it's just snappy, isn't it? It's like whoosh done yeah. um, and it feels like you've really achieved something when you've aimed correctly mm, whereas well, even though it's actually kind of you're just pointing a to full, it a full clip of the sniper rifle you know five sh- you know say five five shots five headshots about bang 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 <laughs> it's just perfect um and for that it, it just played super smooth super you know responsive um obviously i it's there's a there's an age to it um you know there there isn't Although they react, you know they're they're not physically trying to get out of your way. Particularly, um, you know no. they they do have a, a tendency of oh someone shot me from that door, let me run at them through the door and get them. Um, for which you're just still just stood and there. And they show they show, to, to put it to put it in a way that uh, will resonate. They show a lot of head, you know. Yeah. Like they, um, <laughs> they, they, this is how these games work. Yeah, they which work. Is, yeah. Um, not too realistic and actually you know viewing the environmental kind of study of how how the game plays out it's it's funny seeing it now like you know we do so so much more in high you know, i guess masking the the edges like here there's there's very much an edge of a building um yes. nowadays there would be you know a bunch of bushes that kind of blind you know make make it a bit more kind of you know less obvious where the enemies come from they do spawn from from rooms that doors that suddenly just have four guys in but no entrance <laughs> yeah, um, but there are no clown car levels in this cog, which which, right, yeah, which really started point. to get my goat from I don't know were there any I don't know about two or three but four there were sections where you had to get past the checkpoint to stop them spawning yeah. which I just thought no, was you, awful you, you can clear out everybody in this yeah um, you can clear out these levels like Wolfenstein or something no, which, which yeah. is having actually I, you know, I've, I've played uh, Call of Duty 2 um, 3 right. Modern Warfare and what's the one after Modern Warfare oh it's, it's Modern, Modern Warfare 2, two. Yeah. Um, all, Blops when all did Blops on, World at War yeah all on oh yeah World at War yeah. all on um, Veteran um, and completed because nice. and once again you know, really interesting to play those games um, for achievements of course but really interesting to play those games uh, and have your back against the wall like completely yeah just inch by inch um, mm. I didn't really fancy doing it for this one but you know it's mm. it's another another way of playing those games um, difference on uh, PC of course is just, uh, quick save and quick load whereas the console version is I was going to ask how, how that mm-hmm. works because I did yeah I did abuse the quick save uh, a fair bit Pretty frequent checkpoints, um, fairly yeah, fairly generous. But uh, there are probably sections that you would end up doing many, many times if you were playing on the the hardest setting, the veteran setting with no health packs. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, I ain't never doing that. No, but no, I mean overall, I'd say on the PC is <clears throat> it's very responsive. But the the blockiness, I guess, of the environments, and and I'm not trying to you know down you know put that as a negative because I you know I understand the game of, of 2003 but the block sure. of this environment no, it's relevant now really do now. do yeah. stand out in, in you know playing it against a, a modern title you know we're just better at, yeah, at yeah. masking that stuff there's also some large fairly 
plain looking areas which just don't have much in them which again maybe in some ways authentic but sort of levels where you're otherwise being funneled through through some streets they'll just be like a big blown up building with nothing in it no objectives in there just some polygons and there's no real reason for it to be there but again, I guess that's that's partly but off. Back off to the Carl's time. point of view from earlier, I, I think where the probably the game itself is, you know, when you're going across like an open landscape, because you know it's, it, the trees look, you know, okay, they look trees from 2003, but you're working your way through the trees and coming to a bunker and being pinned down by fire and kind of working your way around. Where I think yeah. mm-hmm. at its worst in the town, you know, things look you know fairly polygonal. You know, there is a block. This yeah. is a building, and when you shoot the building, nothing happens to the building at one or two yeah. stages. Set up there, the, the buildings do fall down if you shoot them, but it it, it feels very much you know designed of two thousand three there. Um, but then again, once again, you know, stuff like Stalingrad, you know, working up a hill and a, and just dead bodies around you everywhere is you know it really you know that stuff plays out fantastically. Yeah, and I guess uh, cranking everything up to yeah ultra or insane yeah, yeah. or whatever on, on PC you was you're unbelievable prob- some of the settings unbelievable yeah. <laughs> you were probably seeing more particle effects yeah, more more things like that than, than we were getting on our on our uh, on our toned down versions and, and it's been yeah it's been like 13 years since I've played it on PC so I can't quite remember all the all the little extras maybe you were just getting slightly more uh, communication from the game about what you were actually shooting but it, and, it is and weird environmental isn't it? If, texture if you sandwich this game in between stuff that you know halo you, know, you look back at halo now and yeah there's there's a blockiness to it but i think it does really well at kind of masking the the, the sharp edges it's you know that's game's incredible to look at still now uh and then a year later with half-life 2 like it it but the the technical leap between <laughs> between that is you know is flabbergasting what they achieved but yeah so one of the criticisms i noticed in the old edge review from uh, from the time seven out of ten which as i say is a good review just not as uh, <laughs> as high as it got from other places um was that they criticized the game for being short um which seems quite <laughs> funny oh, now because wow. I, I remember yeah. when modern warfare one came out that got criticized for being short but fortunately everybody loved the, mm, the four hours or whatever that people said that it lasted actually loads more if you play it on a higher setting. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and then there was that multiplayer. Um, but this game has a I thought a quite generous uh, suite of mm-hmm. twenty four missions across three campaigns yeah. plus a final push mission for each uh, each nationality of soldier. Um, you've got lots of corridor levels. You've got lots of set piece based levels. Uh, some levels are once you know how to do them are, are probably about three minutes long, but some mm-hmm. of them are more like five, six, seven, eight, nine minutes. Yes. Um, my overall playtime, I don't know, maybe, maybe eight hours or something like that. Uh, yeah. but it, um, it's, it's roughly an eight to 10 hour game. It's certainly yeah. not something that I would have ever labeled yeah. as a short game. And it, no. obviously it had the multiplayer suite on top, albeit, um, the bare bones of what we what Call of Duty was to become, but it, it it certainly never felt like it wasn't value for money for its length. Mm-hmm. No, no, I didn't think um, that. I would I would also say that it, it it's it's nice. It's just it's pretty varied between each level as mm. far as what you actually do. I know it's most of the time you're kind of just going going in and out and you're taking taking people out or whatever like that. But there are some missions where you're like I said earlier, you're on the back of a it's a kind of on rails mission or you're uh, shooting, like you said earlier, Tony, about shooting the planes out of the sky or you're in the tank. Like they, they kind of vary it up mm. uh, throughout yeah. to make it feel Sneaking a little bit. Sneaking around sewers. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and this is, again, obviously we are now six years on from GoldenEye here and, and I know GoldenEye wasn't the first, but it's one of 
the first ones that a lot of us played where there were lots of objectives per level rather than mm -hmm. just kill everyone, clear the level. Uh, this game has that sort of stuff, you know, uh, finding documents, sabotaging equipment, uh, setting explosives on things. Um, and most of this stuff, again, was in Allied Assault. Uh, but, the, but there is, yeah, I'd, I'd say there is a good variety. My biggest issue from this side of the gameplay was in those on rails levels there's uh there's a you know particularly uh sort of high uh high production values one for the 2003 time in that truck where you're where you're uh firing rockets out the back until you run out of rockets and there's trucks coming from either side and it is all very indiana jones but my issue with those levels particularly that one and also the one where you're getting uh, dive bombed by stuckers is instant fail states and yeah, there's yeah. there's sometimes where like the the guy is sort of giving you instructions you know enemy on the right kind of thing but mm -hmm. by the time you've actually maybe this is partly the the mouse the non mouse control thing using the controller by the time you've actually wheeled round to see where this a new enemy is it's fired the one rocket at you that kills you <laughs> yeah, and it's yeah. and it's redo the section so i had a few sections where it was more about just learning where the enemy mm -hmm. was coming from mm -hmm. and yep, uh, and i didn't find that so so exciting yeah. um, i don't mind take taking a hit but yeah. um, but just being killed outright instantly by something you've never seen is just annoying. <laughs> that's yeah. that's prevalent in the tank missions as well isn't it it's quite often it wasn't like the tank mm -hmm. that would shoot you from distance it would be somebody with a rocket launcher yeah, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, and you'd know right. that you'd be at half health and thinking mm. <laughs> it's not really worth carrying yeah, this, yeah. This, this is gonna get rough up there and it's just and there's no health pack for a tank <laughs> yeah so coming around the corner and before that guy's even like just as he's spawning in you're firing a rocket at your own i was genuinely shell. waiting yeah. for somebody to get out the tank and start fixing it it, like in Battlefield <laughs> or, or something like that, thinking maybe if I just sit here, my health will go back up. Yeah. No, nope. this is 2003. Get used to it. Yeah. But I guess playing it again now, I well, I don't have too many. You know those yeah. those bits that probably were outstanding in 2003, and Carl's obviously you know wax lyrical about how it, how how exciting, how kind of mind blowing it was back then. I guess. I don't. Ha I, I guess this again plays into why we haven't had that much correspondence. Mm -hmm. Like I'm struggling to think back and feel that. Yeah, there's sort of sense of awe. There's no, there's no real story behind it other than what we already know about the war and, Win the and war, yeah. exactly, yeah. And like, it seems like they were trying to add some kind of narrative in between each mission with the notes that you can read there. But you, I, yeah. for me, I never felt any affinity for any of these many of these characters at all you know i, I just i when i saw I captain price i was like oh i recognize captain yeah. price because he's <laughs> captain gone price. exactly oh, yeah captain price. but it's a different voice actor i think i've had this problem with i had this problem with like when people were really raving about cod forum we'll talk about that game someday uh mm -hmm. but i had the same issue like I, who am i like yeah. people just barking yeah. my name at me does not yeah. make me a character yeah. exactly yeah, yeah I, I think the narrative mainly is is through the actual kind of splash screens before you start each mission that they're, right, I mean, they're, yeah. they're a fairly yeah. kind of interesting his, history lesson you know when you're on the top of the dam actually there's a that whole section about the dam busters before that and then you're like now they've rebuilt the dam and yada 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 like this is your yeah. duty now to to take down this and kind of finish the work and that that stuff is is you know the history lesson there but then actually mm -hmm. quite often if you just do not read that you are left yeah. in the mission going, what am I doing? Where, where am I? Who am I? Who am I doing mm. this for? A am I American? <laughs> yeah. There were missions where it was like you walked up, you finished the level, and then like you wait for it to load, and then the next level you're just in a sewer now, and you're like, oh, what? Like, I, I have no <laughs> idea how I got from A to B. Mm. So, read. Just, yeah. Read. 
I think I was a little bit surprised that we got so little feedback um, coming into this show because it's Call of Duty and I think you, you automatically associate Call of Duty with feedback. But we, we've already discussed the fact that my fond memories of it from back at the time were playing it on the PC, that the console versions of it are quite ropey. Then again, the console version of it came after Call of Duty 4, which is where Call of Duty started for a lot of people. Or mm-hmm, then you yeah. could argue it was Call of Duty 2, which was a launch game for the yeah. Xbox 360. And it's all of it all over, isn't it? <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. And, and with Call of Duty 1... Where does that fit in on the on the timeline? Yeah. Like with it being PC only for such a long time, it, it it's in in the way that the new Call of Duty is a little bit out of place. There's an argument that the very very first one was, mm. um, and I was fortunate. I came to it at the time, and I was really into my PC gaming again, and and so much of it clicked. But I can see why there are so many issues with it now, and why so many people maybe would ignore it or just mm. simply not play it. I'll be critical of it. But that you know, I saying that and we will hopefully do Call of Duty two one day is um like I, I always felt like Call of Duty two was the moment that people suddenly took notice to Call of Duty. Like I I definitely know that, you know, all the Game of the Year awards it sold really well and you know, Call of Duty was a big deal. But I remember Call of Duty two coming out and maybe just perfecting all those aspects that Well it you was know. to do it was serendipity as much as anything. It was because it there was a console that year. Yeah maybe that, yeah. that, that and it had, launched. It was yeah, launched, game, right? yeah. launched, launched yeah. on on a console I, that was capable of running. But I can also think it. a lot of those like set pieces that you know that are clearly there in Call of Duty One, like Call of Duty Two, they amped up you know tenfold and were you know the, the tank levels are there, but there's a lot more tanks and it's a kind of a lot more believable. Yeah, you know, the, the trench levels are there. So I just feel like you know there's a lot of aspects of Two that have probably taken the shine away from One. Because yeah, it's yeah. still a very similar game, but just they perfected what they were trying to achieve. Yeah, mm. plus 360 Xbox Live. Yeah. This, yeah. yeah. You know, uh, a, a lot of people did play COD 2 multiplayer. I know it, it was never the massive hit that 4 became with because of the, the systems. But, yeah. uh, but back in 2005, I wasn't there because I didn't have my 360 yet, but I... I I did play it when I when I finally got my 360 and there were still people playing it so I imagine it was uh, along with those other early titles I imagine it was uh, it was a fairly big deal on And Call of Duty 2 was also a very intensive to run game on PC that just mm-hmm. quite simply didn't run very well for a lot of people myself right. included who had okay. a really powerful PC for the first one so yeah, to be yeah. able to see it with all the normal maps and all, all you know all the fancy graphics yeah. and effects on 360 and just to be able to play it on a TV was yeah. was in, like it, it almost became a must have yeah yeah so I, I guess it was the same situation as now in the with a with a high-end PC game if you have the PC for it you'll be getting all the extra bells and whistles but actually if you're playing it on a a, a a bog standard PS4 or Xbox One, you're getting a very, you know, a somewhat lower resolution, mm. slightly less, maybe slow, lower frame rate version with slightly less effects and that sort of thing. But actually, that that COD two three sixty game was, you know, as near as damn it uh, the, th- the the PC version, yeah. Um, as far as you know, to most people's eyes, and yeah, in the lounge, on the telly, online, at seven twenty p, 
I don't. Yeah, I, I, I guess it was probably fifteen pound more expensive as well at the mm. time. But uh, yeah, no, it was a big hit. I remember. I mean, we'll look into sales if and when we cover that game in three years' time. But, uh, <laughs> but, but I do wonder well, whether maybe sooner we'll be dismissive is the wrong word. But whether we will have the same reaction to what we're having with COD, you know, COD now, you know, maybe I didn't have the infinity that I have with with I do with two. But you know, I, I yeah. wonder playing it then, and we're going. No, actually, no, the set pieces weren't anywhere near as grand as I what I said. You know two years ago on the Call of Duty show or whatever it may be. Yeah, uh, this is, yeah, this is one of the only, I think one of three Call of Duties I bought like day one. So mm-hmm. yeah, mm. I guess it's a, a, a bigger deal to me from that point of view. I think the last one I played through was Black Ops 1 on rental. <laughs> and the last one I bought was probably Modern Warfare 2. So I'm, mm. you know, it's pretty, pretty fair to say that I'm, I'm kind of out of the series now. Um, but I guess, yeah, it just feels less essential to get involved. I know you've stuck with it more, Sean, over the mm-hmm. years yep. um, somewhat. But um, I get the sense that that's kind of the, the enthusiasm's waning a bit for you as well <laughs> at this point. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we'll get there one day we'll, when we're old. We'll be talking about our times in, in, in Call of Duty like like our grandparents talked about being in the actual war. <laughs> Hopefully those are the only memories of war, of combat we'll ever mm. have to have. Uh, completely trivial ones. Um, yeah, so this had a multiplayer. So uh, Carl's looked it up for us uh, while we've been recording. 32 on PC, uh, so significant amount of players. And again, I imagine with this game having sold four and a half million copies and with a load more copies being out there, because it's a PC game. Uh, I guess this was a big hit. Um, I never played it, I don't think. If I did, this would have been from the early era of me being... I played some Quake 3 and and stuff and and, and whatever else, Uh, but this was pre-Halo 2 when I started to feel like I could at least uh, get online and not just get completely slaughtered by all these kind of human robots (laughs) robots <laughs> people's um also finding doing things like actually joining an online multiplayer game was harder back in 2003 i was still on dial up for a start and you had to like look through lists of servers you had to sometimes um install another client to even join in with the multiplayer yeah. and stuff like that Punk so add-ons and yeah so i didn't really like. bother with any of that stuff did you did you land party this or anything back in the day carl I never LAN partied it, surprisingly. That is surprising. Um, when I was LAN partying, it was nearly always Quick 3 Arena, Unreal Tournament, and Counter-Strike. Okay. Um, on, the, on the odd occasion, surprisingly, Battlefield. Uh, but I was 64 players. But it it was still a bit it was still a bit of daft fun, wasn't it? When you were when you were playing uh, with the with the planes and and those were funnily enough the exact games that I was playing when this game came out right. uh, online often, uh, particularly Counter Strike, which I was putting a lot of time into. But Battlefield nineteen forty two and the modern combat add on um, were, were were big deals. And then I played this and something between it just felt like it was a perfect blend of Quake meets Counter Strike. Mm. And I absolutely I loved the level design. I loved the, uh, the 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 speed at which you would move around, the weapon choices. It felt quick. It felt instant. Um, and I've sometimes been a bit dismissive of Call of Duty multiplayer as multiplayer for the lowest common denominator in that, you know, you die, you respawn, you're quick and you keep going. But uh, for for how negative that sounds, it's something that I liked. And it was a lot more 
instant than Counter Strike, where you would spend a, a whole round dead if you died, or yeah, uh, sure. it was not as fast as Quake. So it was certainly filling a, a gap in the market for me. Um, I, and I just absolutely loved it. Like I said, I, I played a few rounds, rang up my friend, I said, Look, get into town, buy this game. Now we are playing it tonight. <laughs> and then. God bless him, he did. <laughs> and we played it online, and and it must have done something right because I was surprised it started picking up esports very quickly. And 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 you know, Call of Duty was a popular game online, even you know, in the esport uh, spectating scene back in two thousand and three. Right. Yeah, and obviously this is pre the systems that came into popularity. I mean, actually, the the, the systems started to appear in. Uh, in the United Offensive add-on, but they weren't persistent. So I guess this yeah. was—I mean, this was the very early uh, steps towards what we what we saw in four and beyond. But so this would have been a case of you've got your your five modes, your twelve maps, and you rotate them, and nothing that's happened during that session matters Carries in the future. Yeah, no, oh, it, okay. I, I can't remember particularly what the mods were, other than deathmatch and team deathmatch, and I absolutely loved the team deathmatch in it because uh, capture the flag came in with the DLC. Uh, I think search and destroy but, was yeah, in the original as well. Right. Um, yeah, for me, it was always just a team deathmatch on the odd occasion, deathmatch, but I much preferred Quake for that uh, to this day, still do. Um, but yeah, team deathmatch was the, the thing that I cl- clicked with in Call of Duty multiplayer, and I put a lot of hours into it, and, and it it was i bought it for the multi uh, for the single player and i ended up sort of staying for such a long time because of the multiplayer and that was a huge surprise and it seems ridiculous now when you when you say that about <laughs> call of duty which is so synonymous with with multiplayer um but yeah it was very surprising very high quality multiplayer game hmm. so uh just under a year later the add-on came out united offensive uh, most of the same team were involved, but uh, also some, I, I guess, uh, some of the, the real A-team guys were probably working on what would become COD 2 at this point already. And Grey Matter came in to work on the expa- uh, expansion as Grey well. Matter. Um, Grey yeah, Matter. Yeah, who made yeah. Uh, Return to Castle Wolfenstein, which we've yeah. already covered. That's um, right. They do a lot of to a lesser stuff. degree, the, the mighty Redneck Rampage, which some people uh-huh. remember from the well, late, late we 90s. We haven't covered that one. Yeah. <laughs> no, not yet. Not yet. Uh, so this added a little bit of single player and a bunch of multiplayer features. Is that right? I I do not. I'm yeah. not familiar with this. Did did you go and nab this or or pirate it? Dare uh, I say? My friend, my friend that I recommended it to, uh, recommended Call of Duty to, bought me this oh, as sweet. a present. Um, so that that was nice. Uh, uh, for that, it was Capture the Flag. Always a great mod. Very like Return to Castle Wolfenstein's Capture the Flag, which. Should surprise absolutely no one. <laughs> yeah. um, you know that was a, that was a great mod in it. And domination, yeah. base assault, also added. Domination, but I, I remember maps. very uh, little about the uh, the actual campaign additions because no. uh, as time's gone by, I actually know where my copy of um, the the add-on is in in my loft. But getting to it and installing it is so much more difficult these days <laughs> um, with with physical releases. So yeah, my my memories are primarily of the multiplayer, uh, the the capture the flag specifically because I always found that that was very quick, very fast paced, very strategic uh, in in this game and something that I really enjoyed. But you you can certainly see that transition, and then obviously Great Matter became Treyarch, 
which mm. there's, there's your college, there's your big <laughs> Call of Duty link. Right. Yes, they became the every other year team. Um, yeah, so they added in. This is where the sort of perks uh, came in. Um, yeah. So uh, as player scores increase, they gain ranks. Each rank spawns with new perks and benefits, which sounds very familiar. But of course, uh, this is all reset after every game. So, but the idea. The idea of, uh, I guess it's, uh, I guess it's closer to like the kill streaks idea, I suppose, in that it's just for that map. It, you sort of, you earn your um, sort of perk skill sets, like uh, hard line, those kinds of, of of perks that were added that became, um, they were actually a big part of Call of Duty Three, which you know that's the right. Treyarch development team, but then yes, really, really changed multiplayer forever yeah. um for everything from call of duty 4 onwards yes for sure yeah uh, i don't know if any of these modes or maps made it into call of duty classic on the consoles i don't think so i uh, I, I had a quick search for a multiplayer game unsurprisingly there was nothing it i believe sean did the same yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I doubt there were any even in or anything much going on in in week one of, of cod classic i tried it and tried yeah. to play it in day one and it was a horrific lag fest <laughs> oh of course yeah it was probably the old um peer-to-peer uh hosting as well which uh, a lot of xbla games suffered with horrible lag um for that for that reason so uh yeah nothing more to see here on we must go to uh well three word reviews we've got a clush uh, cluster in carl andrew elmore said reverence if jingoistic nicholas tucker says rural moonlight para mark delaney says go 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 eric mickles a real blockbuster thank you very much follow us on twitter at kane and rinse well, here we are. Uh, let's summarise our feelings on Call of Duty 1. Let's start with Sean. Start with the American, just like the game did. Uh, <laughs> ah, nine missions. Oh, <laughs> oh, no, only six for you. Yeah, only six for me. That's fine. <laughs> nine for the Russians. <laughs> um, it's been interesting playing this game, mostly just going in reverse how I've been you know, starting, like I said a bunch of times already. The the most value I've gotten out of my experience with Call of Duty Classic is just being interested in the origins, I guess, of the franchise. And I know it, it technically starts with Medal of Honor, but I didn't really find it a, a, a very enjoyable shooter, which is a problem considering it's a first person shooter. Um, but that's it's 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 completely serviceable, I guess, as the best way I could put it. Um, I I didn't find many of the sequences that um exhilarating and only because honestly it just it's just going back to an old game like i'm sure at the time it was it was it was mind-blowing just as i'm sure you know eventually going back to modern warfare one for me is going to be you know dated i I imagine the time we cover it yeah (laughs) exactly yeah i mean it's 10 years old now that's oh god don't remind me um but uh but yeah it's it's not i i didn't have a, a necessarily awful time with yeah. call of duty which isn't the most uh the best praise i can give anything but it's it's it was it was at least an interesting experiment to go back and see where it all started yeah sure uh similar feelings here from me playing the xbox 360 version um i have memories but fairly vague ones of playing the original being more technically wowed by it of course back in 2003 on the pc uh the aiming here is a little bit 
cranky uh, with the controller. It doesn't feel like it was properly optimized for consoles. It was uh, feels like a bit of a slapdash port. But over the how many hours I played of it, eight to ten hours, uh, I did not have a bad time uh, overall. There are a couple of frustrating sections with instant fail states based on not knowing what was really happening. The game sort of not communicating to me and just that sort of redoing a section until you work out that the truck is appearing on the other side of the tunnel and you need to shoot it before the other guy shoots you kind of thing is uh, yeah it feels more like a QTE than an actual shoot 'em up but I had uh, I had some good fun um, marching through particularly the sort of corridor and tunnel based levels I actually preferred those personally to the the, the more set piecey stuff I think because the the impact of the the set pieces is diminished by the the age of the 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 audiovisual stuff so actually i just had a good time it felt you know weirdly now i know it, it, obviously this game is uh more than a decade newer than wolfenstein 3d which we covered for the show a couple of years ago but i got very similar feelings of enjoyment wandering around corridors shooting nazis and uh you know when when that's bored when that gets boring uh it's time it's time to uh time to put me out of my misery um shooting nazis is still fun uh, whether it be from particularly from distance or a sniper rifle, but also close up with a machine gun uh, or whatever else comes to hand, really. Um, and yeah, so I yeah I wouldn't really recommend that people seek this game out. Although the PC version you can get for ten, twelve quid, fifteen dollars, whatever, um, if you're interested to see. But yes, an interesting uh, gameplay experience. It'll be interesting also to see if we do continue when we do continue uh, to see if Call of Duty Two has aged quite as dramatically as as this one but uh, maybe we'll find out in the future <laughs> tony so, so your summary was basically shooting nazis has stood the test of time <laughs> so yeah. yeah cool well i think i think uh i think bethesda's marketing team would agree with me <laughs> right um so when we go to set out um the games we're going to cover for the show i, I you know leon and me look at stuff and we think it's really important that you know, we go back to games like Call of Duty, you know, from where the roots are. Like we, we did Allo's Hawkers of us where we really believe the, the team kind of cut the mustard and then moved on to their own project. But um, so I think it was incredibly important for us to, to talk about this game and uh, kind of look back at it, how it you know stands up now in 2017. And how it stands up now in 2017 is... Yeah, it doesn't have the bells and whistles, which it did in 2003. Um, and because it's lost some of that, it loses some of its impact. Now, I do remember the bells and whistles from 2003, 2004, and remembering it had a lot more kind of like impact for me back then. But for now, yeah, it is. It's not a slog, but it, it is a stark contrast. Um, from a personal note, I, I always feel like um, when people talk about the Call of Duty as a series, they revert back to all oh, those those original World War you know two games were so revenant and you know talked about you know you know war and kind of the respecting of the you know the, the soldiers etc. Which you know the yeah. games just don't do now, um, partly because you know so many conflicts have, have made up in their own timeline, and actually going back to it, that's what I was expecting was something akin to Allied Assault where it, it actually dealt with you know some of that stuff and i i am actually really surprised that that is is really not non-existent but really sporadic it's there if you go looking for it but actually what i was presented was with a call of duty game surprisingly yeah. <laughs> it's a blockbuster and because it's a blockbuster um 
those bells and whistles being taken away, um, it kind of falls short into hmm. 2017. Now, what can they do? They made the game in 2003, and for that, you know, it fits perfectly. But it has been interesting to go back and refix what I thought Call of Duty was and actually realise Call of Duty has always been a little bit daft with Captain Price, etc. Uh, but at times, when it, it gets the tone right, it's still relatively impactful. So, 2003, yeah, I think this was um, you know a, a big moment for the industry pushing forward, and obviously you know, the legacy that spawned is incredible. Um, but in 2017, it's an enjoyable enough game to kind of just blast through have a bit of fun i didn't hate it at any point i didn't have those moments which we had in allied assault where i was screaming <laughs> at the screen like oh my god making me do what we're trying to do on no health and etc etc it's it's just a kind of fun ride um so yeah if if you have a, that kind of historian s kind of interest in you and and you've enjoyed call of duty games in, in from the future or from the future of this then yeah it's it's probably worth popping back to the past and, and just you know spending a few hours and seeing where it all began and i think you'll be surprised actually the lineage goes back all the way to this very first game of um, those kind of grand set pieces hmm. yeah great summary thanks tony let's conclude with carl I think for anyone who's interested in sort of covering the history of the Call of Duty franchise and maybe hasn't visited the earlier entries, uh, then I, I certainly think that it stands up to a play. I mean, this isn't the all-important uh, game that, that was just mind-blowing for so many reasons that, that we thought it was at launch and, uh, and certainly was the game that, that you know, I, I, I called a friend up and insisted that he buy that day but despite the games that have improved on the formula whether it's call of duty or not whether it's it's other war games that have told a better story things like spec ops or war games that have done a better job of multiplayer like battlefield uh, there's still something here that I enjoy the odd go back the 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 very arcadey player world war it's a lot of fun and uh, when you deconstruct it for a show like this, you certainly start to see all the you know the footprints of uh, where they created this juggernaut franchise, why it was and still is so popular, and uh, mm-hmm. and why uh, the, the little things that I've loved that Call of Duty have continued. Whether you look at this team uh, formed by you know Western Zampella, the, 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 the this is a really talented small. At the time, I mean, this is only a 27-man team. That is tiny by today's standards team that created uh, a a game, created the beginning of a franchise that no one would have expected to become as big as it did. Uh, I I, I think, you know, full credit to them. uh, They created an experience that I thoroughly enjoyed. And to this day, those memories hold true more so than the game does. But I, I still think it's a lot of fun, even if... One of the major returning points for me was the multiplayer, which is just no longer there unless you're playing uh, at a LAN. And quite honestly, Call of Duty 2 does a better <laughs> job of it at LAN than, mm. than the first one does. So right. um, for people that want to play the whole history of Call of Duty, def- definitely play it. it. It still holds up as part of the series. It is just not one of the better three 
Call of Duty games, as is often loosely referred to, uh, but still a fun jaunt nonetheless. Just don't expect it to take war too seriously. Um, it's not like we remember. It is a little bit daft. <laughs> Goofy Call of Duty. Right. <laughs> Thanks, chaps. It remains for me, Leon, to thank Carl, Sean and Tony, as well as our correspondent. It's plural, just about, <laughs> to all of you for listening, as ever. Thank you. And if you've enjoyed the show, please consider heading to our Patreon page and donating to support our endeavours. Patreon.com slash Rinse. Help us out or buy a T-shirt or a bag. Uh, next time, in issue 300, we conclude our run of 2017 podcast with our The Witcher 3, Hearts of Stone and Blood and White show. 